Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Today to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 through 8. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 through 8. And as you're turning there, I do want to remind you that Monday night, tomorrow night, um, uh, the, uh, we're going to have our business meeting here. It's not going to be long, but it will be here at 7.30. And uh, 7.30 uh, in the p.m., of course, not in the morning. But, <laughs> um, but please, uh, if you can be here, thank the Lord for that. Please continue to pray for those that are out of town and traveling. Pray that they would be covered and protected. Pray for those that are sick. There's a flu or cough and colds and things that are going around. And uh, we want to pray for all of them, that the Lord would cover them and heal them. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. It's good to have uh, Sister Debbie Marlin and her grandkids with us today. Lord, bless them. Amen. God bless them today. God cover all of those that are sick in Jesus' name. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 through 8. And David was greatly distressed. If I can get a little bit more monitor on the lapel here today, here for the pulpit monitor. And David was greatly distressed. Have you ever been distressed? You ever been distressed? Anybody distressed today? You don't have to raise your hand, but if you're distressed today... Uh, you, you can understand where David was at. For the people spake uh, of stoning him because the soul of all people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar, uh, Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David and David inquired of the, at the Lord saying shall I pursue after this troop shall I overtake them and he answered him pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail cover recover all I'm going to preach to you on this subject today the spiritual ephod the spiritual ephod how many know what an ephod is anybody know what an ephod is well, we're going to tell you what an ephod is. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We're going to need a little more monitor in our pulpit here today. And I think we're going into the house speaker a little bit more, but we need some more monitor here. Thank you. There you go. Can I hear you? Yes. Can I hear you there? Yes, I can hear you. Amen. Not that I like to hear myself. I really struggle at times when I hear my own preaching um, um, on recordings. So I don't know how you feel, but sometimes I don't even listen to my own recordings. I just 
throw it out there and hope it does its work and uh, go from there. Amen. I think we've got a little bit too much moderate here, so we can lower it just a little bit. We'll get adjusted here. Thank you for the uh, PA operation. Amen. Amen. God is good. Before I go further, I just I, have, I was reading in the Bible, and this, is, this might have a little bit to do my, my message, but uh, for the most part, I just feel like that I need to say this, because as I was reading in the scripture and, and uh, uh, the book of Samuel, I come across the story, this was in 2 Samuel, I come across the story of Absalom. And um, uh, as Absalom was, uh, he, he started out, of course, he was a son of David, and, uh, of course, many know him for uh, various reasons. Uh, I know that they even said that his hair was, I guess, real thick and heavy, and they had to cut it every year, and they told him how many, how many pounds that it was. <laughs> he must have had a very thick hair. Um, sometimes I'm jealous of that, but um, I'm thankful for what I've got. But Absalom... Um, in his story, he started out and he seemed to be in good condition spiritually, so to speak. He was the son of King David, along with other sons that King David had. But there was a time in understanding Absalom's story, uh, he went through a time that he, he, was, he was very troubled. And he began to rebel against uh, King David and against authority and things like that and some things came into his heart and mind of pride some things came into his heart and mind of, of uh, wanting to have power have power but when you look at this it all stemmed from an event that happened which would trouble all of us Absalom had a sister named Tamar but yet also Absalom had other brothers. And one of his brothers, um, for whatever reason, fell in love with his sister Tamar, Absalom's sister and his sister. And, and he had a devious plan and abused her spiritually. And then the Bible says the love that he had for her in the beginning when it turned around, he had a hatred for her in the same manner that he loved her before. And it was a terrible situation, and Absalom was very, very angry, and he got offended. There was an offense that was very uh, abusive to him, and it, at that point, everything changed in Absalom. Everything changed in him. And what I feel like saying here today before I go into my message is being offended can produce pride for power. Pride for power. And that's what happened to Absalom's life. But what was troubling about that is, is Absalom went and people that would come in to be counseled by King David, he would intercept them. And he would bring them to him first and console with them and say, I understand your feelings. I understand your, 
your struggle and let me take care of it. He intercepted them before they came to the authority that God had placed over Israel. But what he was doing is he was intercepting them to believe what I say and not what God's authority said. And he was in rebellion. He was in rebellion. So I feel like that as I read this story that I feel like I need to say this to our church. Beware of Absaloms that have been offended and that are trying to be wannabe prophets and trying to be one of uh, wannabe of having power and seeing, being seen as something great, something spiritual. Because, and what troubles me in all of the years of pastoring is this. I have a trouble and a problem with people that, that feel like that they've got to excel at position and power. Because that's not how you excel at position and power being used of God. You excel in that by humbling yourself before God. Humbling yourself before God. That is so very important for us to understand. But there are times that voices uh, try to speak into our life and lead us away from the, the, uh, the spiritual authority that God has appointed and placed in our lives. And we have to be careful with that, with voices, voices, voices. There's a lot of, you know, there's, there's a lot of voices all around us. You don't have to stand in a pulpit to preach. You can preach and steer people away from authority and toward pride and power of self um, and get outside of the, of, of, the, of the promise and purpose of God. But also understand that these voices could be you or me speaking to ourselves because seeking power corrupts when it's not their place. Seeking power or position is a red flag for me. It's a red flag. Steering the people away from the spiritual authority. And how do we know if this is leading people away from spiritual authority? If it's bringing disunity to the body of Christ, to the church, or confusion to the body of Christ. That is a gauge of understanding when it is not right. Seeking power, seeking authority and uh, not humbling, humbling. But if it's bringing disunity to the church or body or confusion, God is not the author of confusion. Absalom eventually, listen to what I'm going to say here. As I was reading the story, these things just started coming out to me, and I feel like I need to say it. Absalom eventually was tangled up by his personal glory, his hair in a tree limb, and he was out of control at that point because he was suspended between heaven and earth and had no control. And the end here, of course, was destruction because Absalom, and it began with offense, began with offense. Their plan to give them power through pride will not stand, will not stand. But God has given us a a spiritual authority in our lives that we need to submit to. 
Submission to God, called pastors, will bring blessings. If you desire spiritual word or spiritual sensitivity to the Lord, submit yourself in humbleness before God. And God in prayer and fasting and leading of the word of God, and God will bring you to a point of spiritual sensitivity. But even in that, it still must come through a humbleness before the Lord. God wants us to be humble before him. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about look at me, look at what I can do, look what, how much spiritual power I have. It's all about him. Everything is about him. Um, I, I thank the Lord that I have spiritual um, spiritual uh, people that I allowed to speak into my life. And even though I've been a pastor for 28 years, I still humble myself before the Lord. And I also allow people to speak into my life. And I've also had people uh, in authority, great authority, that have spoken to me and said, I allow you to speak into my life. You see, we're, we need to be in a humble place for us to receive spiritual blessings and spiritual authority, it comes through humbling ourselves before the Lord. And I thank the Lord that, that I have people in my life that are mightily used of God that speak spiritual, godly, prophetic word, but they are very humble. And I thank the Lord for that. Amen. But there is a spiritual need in our lives today. When you understand the ephod, some might understand what it is, some might not understand what it is, but we'll talk about that here today. And I, if I could put on this message today, if I could put a theme on all of this um, word and thought that God has given me of the word of the Lord today, just so you can have a, a complete understanding of all the scriptures and all of the thought that has went into this message. I'm going to bring it all here together for you in the beginning before we go on this journey in the Word of God. And that is, the theme of the Word today is the answer to the dark place that we find ourselves. That the answer of those dark places that at times we find ourselves in is through taking on a spiritual ephod and getting an answer from God. That is the theme. Now, we can go home, but don't leave me, please. Because there's some things that God wants to speak to us about the word of the Lord. I gave you the theme, but I want you to be able to track that theme through the word today as we take this journey. 1 Samuel 36 through 8, and David was greatly distressed, and we have been distressed at times in our walk with God. We had a great and mighty move of the Spirit of the Lord, and, 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 and as a church, we find ourselves up, we find ourselves down, we find ourselves up, we're riding on a roller coaster. That church is a lot like human beings. How many humans have went through the times of great victory? I'm on the top, but then I go through times where we're in, we're in a valley, but you just keep on walking because you've got to get through the valley before you can get to the mountain again. 
and there's great victory there. There's great power there. But there's times that we have been in a place where we didn't know the answer. Can I hear an amen? amen. There's been times that, that, that I just did not know the answer. I was trying to figure out the answer. But I, I want to say here today that all answers are in the Word of God. Every answer that you need in life is in the Word of God. The problem is there's sometimes people don't want to hear the answer because they know that the answer is going to lead them away from what they want and what they want to do. But here, David was greatly distressed uh, because of the situation here in this story. Um, it's been said by J.K. Johnston, uh, in considering the need to find answers from God, he said, do not hastily ascribe things to God. Do not easily suppose dreams. Do not easily suppose voices or impressions, visions or revelations to be from God. They might not be from God. The Bible says, try the spirits and see if they be of God. And uh, they may be from him, or they may be from nature, or they may be from the devil. I've seen people tripped up by a, a vast, uh, vast uh, a spectrum of things. I've seen people tripped up by examples of carnality and sin, and someone that falls away and tries to drag them away from God. I've, been, I've seen people tripped up and messed up by people that think they're so much more spiritual than their spiritual authority. I've seen them tripped up. I've seen them messed up. I've seen them get to a point where they make decisions and, and think that they have got the answer, but yet it doesn't matter how long you live for God. It doesn't matter how close you get to God. We don't know all the answers. God does know all the answers. And sometimes God puts us in a position where we have to understand, I am not so great as I think I am that I need God in all of this. Can I hear an amen? amen. So we see here today that in this story in the book of Samuel, David's men were on their way back home because they were not allowed. It was a time, it, I look at it like a backsliding time for David. He was joining with the Philistines because here he was, he wasn't accepted by Israel, he was running for his life, but uh, he found himself uh, trying to cuddle up and, and connect with the Philistines, which was the enemy of the children of God. But yet, because of fear, because he was the king, uh, there was people of the army of the Philistines said, you're going to allow him to fight with us? He's going to turn against us. So they sent him home. He left Ziklag, uh, Ziklag and that's where all of the, uh, his uh, people were, all of the men that fought with him, all of their families, their children, their wives, their, their belongings, everything they owned was in Ziklag, and that's where their home was. But as they were leaving the Philistines, not allowing them to go fight, we find that David and his men were on their way back to Ziklag. And it says on the third day, and that indicates that David and his men, of course, covered about 25 miles a day and on the march south from Aphek to Ziklag, where they would have arrived tired and hungry after the long journey of three days walking. 
but they were expecting, as we all would when we're going on a trip and coming back home, you know what I'm expecting? I'm expecting a refrigerator that's got food in it that I can walk up to anytime I want to. It's got uh, some deer meat in there. It's got some deer jerky. It's got some deer uh, Slim Jims. It's got some deer summer sausage. And it's got chocolate in it. What else do you need? What else do you need? Just these things, you know? And I know that when I'm on my way home, I'm thinking, me and my wife are both talking, we're going to be able to sleep in our own bed with our own pillow, with our own comfortable mattress, and we're going to be able to sleep in our own bed. Uh, we've got our own home. We can do whatever we want to in our own home. When you're not at home, you, you can't just do everything that you want to. Like home, it's different. It's just totally different. But here... David and his men were on their way home and they were thinking, I'm going to have my food, I'm going to have my family, I'm going to have my children going to run out to meet me and, and they're going to put their arms around me or they're going to give me a hug, everything's going to be great, we're going to be home and we're not going to be walking out in this old hot desert and the sand and the storm of wind blowing it in our face and the, and, and the, the back hurts, the, the body hurts, the long journey of walking 25 miles a day and expecting all the comforts from a welcome home. But when they got there, they didn't find that. The Bible says, so David and his men came to the city. As they came within a few miles of their city, their hearts of David and his men were, must have been brightened up because I'm almost home. I know how it is when I, uh, when I, when I go home. I, my, my actual, uh, my home's here, but my my raising place where I grew up is in Springfield, Missouri. And when I go home, there's a little bit of me still there. I, I just love to go home. I, I, I love to go back to dad's house and, and to be able to sit down with dad and talk with dad. But I, that's just a part of me. But my home, of course, is here. But David and his men, they must have been brightened and excited about getting home. And they knew that they were coming home and it meant family and familiar surroundings. But that bright thought quickly turned black as night when they got closer to the city and they began to see smoke coming up from that city of Ziklag. And their homes were destroyed and burned up. And their families were gone. Their children were gone. And the comforts of home were gone. And all of a sudden that brightness and that excitement turned into darkness. And there it was, burned with fire. Even off in the distance, they saw something was wrong. They wondered why no one had come to greet them afar off like they normally do. Where, where were their wives? Where were their children? Weren't they glad to see them? Where are they at? But when they came to the city and saw it was a ghost town, nobody there, a pile of burned rubble with no voice of the survivors, it seemed that everything was lost. Everything that they had worked for, everything that they loved with all of their heart, everything that they needed in life was gone and seemed like all was lost. You see, the dark time of David is when the, then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices in this dark time and wept until they had no more power to weep. No more power to weep. 
in a dark place. All was lost, seeming. At this point, David had nothing more to support him. No, here, think about this in David's life, where he was at in this dark place. No one in Israel could help him. They rejected him. Saul was trying to kill him. The Philistines didn't want him. They turned him away from their army. His family was gone. His children was gone. All he owned was gone. Even his friends turned against him. The people, the Bible says, the people that was surrounding him as soldiers and warriors around him. It even says that the people spoke of stoning him. And he felt so responsible for the families of these men that had fought side by side with him. These warriors, these strong warriors. And they were weak at this time. They were struggling at this time. And they were weeping to the point where they couldn't weep. Didn't even have the power to weep anymore. And every support was gone. Except the most important support. The Lord. The most important support. And that is a good place to be in, not a bad place. We look at a lot of times, well, that's the end of the road. That's a bad place to be. Trust me, it was the best place for David to be at that time. And for the men that was fighting with him, his friends, they were even to the point of stoning him because he's the one that led them to the Philistines. He's the one that led them away from Ziklag. He's the one that went, led them into battle. And they were with him. And it was a place that was a very dark place for them. We've been there. We've experienced dark times in our life. And in all of our support group, it seems to be gone. But understand here, as a child of God, never is the support of the Lord ever gone. It doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter what struggle you're faced with. It doesn't matter what hardship you're up against. It doesn't matter if everything is lost. God is always still there. Amen? He is always a support there. So it was a good place as a, it was a bad place, but it was a good place for David to be at that time because he came to a point of understanding that when he was going into the Philistines and he was in a place of making his own decisions, he was trying to do it his own way. The Bible says David was greatly distressed. But the Bible says as David began to see things in the eyes of it's out of my hands, it's out of my control, I can't do anything with this anymore. Have you ever been there? Yes, we all have. We've, we've been to places where, you know, I'm a fix-it kind of guy. I fix stuff all day long. I fix furnaces, I fix air conditioners, I fix fireplaces, which I'm not crazy about that, but I've been thrust into fixing fireplaces. I just walk in and say, I'm going to throw another log on the fire. And uh, it's not a wood burning, it's something else. I, I fix refrigeration units. I fix walk-in coolers and walk-in freezers. And I'm fixing stuff all day long, but there's some things I can't fix. Some things I can't fix when I feel like that it's out of my hands, and that's sometimes life. But David was there 
But the Bible says, but David, in his time of realizing, I can't fix this. What did he do? David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. <laughs> All of his support groups were gone, but God was not gone. And what God was allowing was for him to get in a dark place because you've done it your own way, David. You made your own decisions and you allowed yourself to get into a place, but now you're in a dark place. It's out of your hands. You can't do anything with it. But I'm here to tell you that my support, the Lord is saying, is still here. So David began to reach down deep somewhere in his life of those times that God came through with him, for him and the Bible says David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He had to get back to the point of understanding that God is my full support. It took a lot to bring David to this place but now he's here. God is his only strength Everything he had, everything he owned, it was all gone. It was burned up. His family was gone. His children was gone. His, his whatever he had saved, his, his momentum, mementos that he had put aside in his, his box of treasures, it was gone. But God was the greatest treasure that he could ever have. God was still there. He was never gone. He was never never left him high and dry. He never left him in a place where he couldn't overcome. Can you put yourself in David's shoes today? Have you ever been there? And the answer is, I'll answer it for you. Yes, we all have. We all have. Before this, he didn't see himself as weak. But after coming home to a burnout ghost town, David knew that he was weak and needed God's strength as he wept so bitterly till he couldn't, didn't have the power to weep anymore. That's a deep place, a dark place. He didn't wait for someone else to come along and strengthen him because everybody else pushed him away. But David went to the source of his strength. He needed strength for brokenness. He needed strength for repentance. He needed strength for determination to win back what the enemy has stolen from him. He needed strength to find answers for his hurt and pain. Sometimes you need to go to a place and realize where I'm at right now. I'm here because I've made some wrong decisions. I'm here today because I didn't listen to God and to his word and the spiritual authority in my life. And, I, and I'm here today because I did not follow through with what I know is right and strengthen myself in the Lord. But the answers, the answers are in God. It's always in God. Strength to find answers for his hurt and for his pain, it was in God. It was nothing he could do. It was nothing he could put together. It was nothing he could fix. He had to do it through God. Charles Spurgeon quoted this, what David said in his heart in 1 Samuel 27 and 1, got him into the whole mess. Now, what he said to himself, to strengthen himself in the Lord, help bring him out. 
Some of the best talks in the world are those which a man has with himself. <laughs> it's, you know, I, there's times I talk to myself. That doesn't mean that I'm mental case and I belong in the mental institution over here. There's times I say to myself, come on, Mark, you got to get up out of bed. You got to go to work. Come on, Mark, you've got to hold back from eating all of that chocolate because it's going to make you uh, into something you don't want to be. Come on, Mark, you've got to, you got to do this. You've got, to, you've got to get that fixed. You've got to clean that. You've got to straighten the garage out. You've got to mow the grass. You've got to, you've got to wash the car. You've got to wash the truck. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to clean the ice off of everything. You, get, you know, it's on everything right now. And now the sun's come out and helped me out. If I just wait long enough, something's going to take care of it, and I won't have to. But sometimes i got to talk to myself. Believe it or not, I, I, I'm excited when it's time to go to the house of the Lord, for sure. But there's sometimes you got to talk to the flesh. You know, the flesh is tired, the flesh is sick, the flesh is struggling. But sometimes you got to talk to the flesh and say, I can't wait, like David said, till I go to the house of the Lord. This is a place where I'm going to gain my strength. This is a place where I'm going to get victory. This is a place where I'm going to rise to a new level this is a place I'm going to be able to overcome the darkness places of my life. I've got to get there. I've got to talk to myself. And I talk to myself all the time. And I know you've got to talk to yourself. And sometimes uh, don't, don't talk to yourself to talk yourself out of it. Talk to yourself till you talk yourself into it. Because where David was at, he had to talk to himself and realize my strength is in God. That's the way God made us. We are dependent upon God. We are dependent upon his presence. We're dependent upon his word. We're dependent upon the people of God. We're dependent on the things that God has blessed us with. We need God in his presence. And some of the best talks in the world are those which a man has with himself, as Charles Spurgeon has said. And he went on and said, he who speaks to everyone except himself is a great fool. But I'm going to add to Charles Spurgeon's little quote here, or that speaks to everyone else but God. Because God has the answer to every situation and every need. David trusting in himself. This is what happened to him in 1 Samuel 27 and 1. And David said in his heart, this is when he was trying to do it his own way, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. He already wrote it down. I'm going to perish. But he stopped. He really didn't stop and think that the Lord had anointed him to be king. So why would he think that Saul was going to destroy him? I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines and Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hand. It was all his own doing. He was not considering the answer from the Lord. But many think you have to, many times people think you've got to go somewhere else to do a work for God. What about working here? What about the souls that are here? They're just as important as any other soul. Sometimes we get these thinking in our mind that we got to do this, we got to do that, and sometimes we even 
put the words in the mouth of God and say, God wants me to do this or God wants me to do that when really what it's all about is you want to do this and you want to do that. Do you hear me? <laughs> David had to dig his way out of his struggle. There are times when we listen to ourselves and we get messed up. But the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let it be established. You need the counsel of a pastor. And you need the counsel of your spiritual authority. You need that. David understood that after he went through a dark time that he couldn't get out of. So he began to turn to God. God, I can't fix this, but I know that you can. David inquires of the Lord here in 1 Samuel 37 and 8. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, as he was trying to find answers. Now talking about the ephod. The ephod was a part of the priest's clothing. It was a covering. And some say that it was a part of the covering that when they did the blood sacrifice, it kept blood getting on their clothes. It, it was a block there. But it, there was some significance behind this ephod when they put the ephod on. The Bible says, Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. The ephod. The ephod was a, a covering over the clothes of the... Of the uh, it, it was like a breastplate, and it was... a covering over the priest's clothes and on that was 12 stones which represented the 12 tribes of Israel but there was some other things that were very important about the ephod the priest would put it on for him to go into the temple and be able to inquire of the Lord and, and find direction and guidance from the Lord but there were some things that were very important we got to consider here about the ephod in Exodus 28 and 30 and thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment which was the ephod the Urim and the Thummim and they shall be upon Aaron's heart. That's where he wore it. It was upon Aaron's heart, the priest, when he goeth in before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually by, by covering with the ephod. That was a part of the, the priest's uh, 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 clothing and things that he wore, that breastplate that was over the clothes of the priest. Uh, garments to go into the presence of the Lord. But David realized that this battle that he was faced with Ziglag and their families being gone and everything burned, he realized that this is bigger than my own counsel, than my own wisdom, but not bigger than God. The one with all the answers is God. You see, the ephod was was how he would find his answers in God. He knew that if he asked himself the question, he would do it out of the flesh. But he realized, I've got to go to the house of the Lord, the temple, the tabernacle, and I've got to talk to the high priest there and say, give me the ephod. Because that's where the, the priest goes in when he asks of the Lord and talks before the Lord and finds a, a, a great uh, uh, forgiveness for the sins of Israel. And they had to, he, he wanted to find answers from the Lord, so he wanted to find the ephod. If I'm going to find answers from God, I've got to put on the ephod. 
Ephod was how he would find those answers from God. The ephod was part of the priestly attire. There are times that you need to put on the ephod in your life. There's times you've got to get down in prayer and say, God, what do I need in, to do in this situation? It's not going to be contrary to the word of God. Let me put it that way. It's going to be right along with the word of God. It's going to be uh, confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. But there's times in your life you need to put on the ephod. There's times in my life I need to put on the ephod and say, God, what are the answers? You need to stop covering up what you want to do with the excuse that God is telling me this. God's telling me this. No, is God telling you that? Or are you saying God's telling me that because this is what I want to do? It's going to lead you down a path. It's going to lead you away from God. But God a lot of times gets blamed for many things so we can do what we want to do. It's God's will when it's actually our will. When in distress, you need to hear from God. You need to take the answer of God and walk in the answer of God. Because if we allow ourselves to do what we want to do, we're going to do it in the flesh. And it's going to be destruction. We need God's presence. We need God's word. You can't find true answers anywhere else but God. I've talked to people that have tried everything imaginable in this world, trying to find the answer to overcome and be happy and be joyful and be able to have peace in their life. And they keep coming back up with the same old thing over and over and over again, you would think that it would say, give a message to them that, hey, I need to try something different. I keep coming back up with the same results. I've got to try something different. You can't find true answers anywhere else but in prayer, but in worship before the Lord. But from the word of God, you find the answer through spiritual authority in a pastor and pastor's wife and in the preaching and in the teaching of the word of God, as long as that preaching and teaching is according and unified and coordinated with the word of God, it never overcomes the word of God. And if it does, then you need to push it aside and say, that is not what I need to hear. I'm looking for answers from God. It's in the word of God. It goes along with his word. This is his will. But the ephod, they had 12 stones for the tribes of Israel. But there were two stones in that ephod that David knew he needed to get a hold of when he put it on. And that made up the priest ephod. And two of those stones was Urim, which represented light, and Thummim, which represented the perfection of God. When we go to the Lord in our dark, dark times, we need God's light to shine on it. When we go to God in those dark times, we need God's perfection to shine on it. When you find the will of God and the direction of God and the answer from God, you're going to find protection. You're going to find perfection of God in this. It might not be exactly what you're thinking perfection is, but let me tell you, when it's all said and done, and when it's all finished, it will be better than what you thought it would be. Can I hear an amen? 
Amen. It's just a matter of trusting in God. But the Urim was what he was trying to find. It's the light. I need light to shine in this dark place that I'm in. I need Thuman because I need the perfection of God. I need the per perfect way for me to go. And when you need to hear a word from God, take Take on the ephod. Go to an altar of prayer. Cry out to God. I need God to shine light on this situation so I can have some clear direction and clear understanding of how to deal with it. And I need some perfection of the perfect plan of God. Don't make bad decisions by allowing the flesh or the worldly desires to lead you. It leads you along in a wrong place and that's exactly what David did. Get some true light and some true perfection in your answers of life. You will be walking in the light of God's perfection when you can turn completely to Him. He has the answers because He knows the future. He knows what needs to be done right now. He knows the way. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. He knows the way. But where we get into trouble is when we're trying to follow our own way. Shall I pursue? Should I, should I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? He was asking, is this what I need to do? And at one time, David would not bother to even ask these questions. He would simply do it because that's what a soldier does. If attacked, attack back. But we need to find answers from God. But in returning from his backsliding, David brings everything to the Lord. Nothing is done just because it was done before. He asked God for everything that he needed. And everything turned around. What, did, what happened? Should I pursue? And the answer came, pursue. Ye shall surely overtake them and without fail. Recover all. He had lost everything. God gave David something to pursue, something to do. But he also gave him a promise. Ye shall surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. You see, when God gives us something to do. He always gives us a promise in the doing. There's a promise in the doing. The bravery we show when we have direction and a promise from God, you know, it makes us, when we have a, a word from God of how to get out of the dark place, it gives us bravery. You know, if a soldier that goes into a war and he's on the front line, you know, he's cowering down trying to protect himself because he doesn't know he's going to get shot and killed that day. But he's on the front line. But you know, a, a soldier that has been told a word that you are going to fight, you're going to overcome, and you're going to survive, and you're going to go back to your family, you know what kind of bravery they would have? They wouldn't be hiding behind rocks or behind trees. They would be marching forward with bravery and say, come on, troops, let's go. That's what the thing about hearing the answer from God is. You don't cower behind stones and things to protect you. You are brave and you're ready to walk in God because you trust in the power of God's word because he tells you what to do and he also gives you a promise. You're going to recover all. You see, there wasn't an army on earth that could defeat David and his 600 men. 
When they walked in God's will, there was no army that could overcome them. And when we pursue our own way, we are on our own. But when we pursue after God's word, we're, we're not on our own. We're going to overcome. Amen. And the enemy's victory is going to be short-lived. Let me tell you. The, he might have thought it was going to last a long time. It was so short-lived. It says here in 1 Samuel 30, 16 through 19, And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all... He's talking about the Philistines. When they came down on them, that's what they were doing. They were having a good old time with spoils because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all. That the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. I'm here to tell you today, the reason why I can say that the enemy's victory in this situation is going to be short-lived is because they didn't even have time. The Philistines or, or the or the uh, the group that had, the Amalekites, they didn't even have time to enjoy the spoils of David and his men from Ziklag. And the reason why I say that is because they gained everything. They recovered all. They had nothing lacking. Everything that they lost, they regained. And the enemy, the Amalekites, had nothing to rejoice over the things they took from David and Ziklag. Because you see, when you need an answer, you go to God. And when you go to God and he gives you the answer of what to do and he gives you a promise, you can rest assured that God's going to take care of that. So I ask the question, what do you need to recover in your life today? What do you need to recover? Things that have been stripped from you. Things that have been taken from you. What do you need today? What, what do you need to regain? What, what do you wish you could have back? You know, the, we talk a lot about that, that new convert spirit. You know, we talk about the, when, when we came to the Lord for the first time, we, we had such a craving for the house of God. I, no, place, uh, no other place mattered. Just being in the presence of God, just being in the house of God, in the spirit of God, and rejoicing in his presence, and, and that feeling of, of joy and victory when we were praying in the spirit, speaking in tongues, and the glory of God began to just fill that place, and, and the miracles. You, you know, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't stay away from the house of God because you're going to miss out on a miracle. Something's going to happen. God, that's the way God is. God is not a cookie-cutter God that every service is going to be the same. No, that's the nice thing about Pentecostal church. That's the nice thing about walking in the Spirit. That's the nice thing about living for God. I, I, I don't want to miss out on what God's going to do. I don't want to miss out on that miracle. I've got to see it. I've got to be there. I've got to, I've got to be in the presence of the Lord. It could be even a miracle that is going to be done in my own life. I've got to experience that, that power of prayer that drives you to an altar and you pray and you seek the Lord. That time of picking up the Word of God and you just can't wait to put the Word, the bread of life into you. 
What have you lost that you need to regain? And you're trying to figure out how to regain it. The answers are in the Lord. Put on the ephod and let God shine some light of urine and thumen upon your life. What do you need to recover? Those stones that you need in your life, the urim and the thuman, a light and perfection in God's plan. That's the answer. That's the answer. Doing it your own way is going to keep getting the same results, same results. The answer is in God. What do you need to recover today as we stand? We need to get an answer from the Lord. The enemy's shout of victory in your life that has depressed you, that has brought you down, is going to be short-lived by finding the answer from God. But if you try to find the answer in yourself, the enemy's going to have time to devour every spoil he's taken away from you. But God can restore it all. As we strengthen ourselves in the Lord. In the Lord. Sometimes you pray and you don't hear an answer from the Lord. Does that mean God can't do it? No. You just got to trust Him. There's a, a light that is shining on it. There's times that I go through, as we all do, I'm wondering what direction, God, what answer to deal with this situation. Sometimes I go to the word of the Lord and I, a word just shines light, Brother Tucker, on this need. I just need to get in the presence of God. I need the power of God's light and perfection to shine forth upon this need. And when it's all finished, it's right. It is always right. You might go through some struggles and some dark struggle times, but... When we fully submit to God and to his word, we're going to find that there is light and perfection in his presence. And the enemy and his victory and his shout of victory is going to be short-lived because of the power of God. (laughs) I'm going to call us to this altar today. And when we come, I want us to have our need. But I want us to bring that need up the aisle to this altar. And I want us to spiritually put on an ephod of prayer. And put on an ephod of praise to the Lord. And an ephod of faith. And an ephod of trust in God. For an answer. God's going to take care of this. Can we come today? But spiritually, I want us to put on an ephod. I want you to cry out to God and say, God, give me an answer of how I can get through this dark time, this struggle. 
It might be a need for a family to be saved. It might be a need for a job that is, that is so much more conducive to my life. It might be a situation of finances that needs to be worked out because it's bringing darkness upon our lives. It might be a need of friends to lead them to the Lord. I mean, it, the needs are multiple. We could go on and on and on talking about the needs, but let's just simply give it to God and find the answer from the Lord. Let's cry out to God today. Let's cry out to God today.